This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk. Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, prevention, fitness, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. I am your host, Dr. Greg Dennis. And as I have recently been reminding people, uh, if you would, I love your reviews. And so whatever program you're listening to, if you could go in there and put some reviews, I would appreciate it. So uh, we are continuing kind of our series on hormone replacement therapy. And today we're going to talk all about women's health and women's hormone replacement therapy. And I definitely have an expert in that subject. So Dr. Larissa Ferdinand, MD, she is a a women's health expert, integrative health coach and consultant with nearly two decades of experience uh, in women's health as a board certified OBGYN physician. Uh, So Dr. Ferdinand, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Greg. I'm happy to be here. Excited. All right. So yeah, so first just kind of tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do before we get into the nuts and bolts of hormones uh, and Mm -hmm. just kind of how how you got into this space, because, you know, strangely enough, a lot of OB, OBGYNs don't really do a lot of, you know, hormone replacement. And so how did you, you know, get into this field? Great question to lead off with. And I'm a transition from the last thing you said, because you're absolutely right. A lot of uh, board trained OBGYNs do not necessarily feel comfortable within the space of necessarily prescribing or utilizing hormone replacement therapy, most importantly, even starting those conversations. And if they do, um, they may have a wide variation of experience, which is great, but in some ways it really does depend on how they were trained, how much they're exposed. And what I found that it may even depend on their geographical region, because some people may know some of these things very easily were trained in some of the background of just hormone hormone replacement or natural therapies, because that is what women are looking for or options. And I'm all about women want to make informed decisions about options. And you might as well have a lot of tools in your toolbox. So that's um, really where I want to gravitate as far as my background. As you mentioned, I have almost two decades of experience as a board certified OBGYN. And I have really planned it myself as not only a a women's hormone expert, but an advocate because there's so much information out there. And a lot of what I do now has involved with not only my medical experience, but really holding in the gap of being a health and wellness advocate and integrative um, partner with women, because this is a very confusing space. And what I love, Greg, is that when women are seeking these solutions, they're within that perimenopausal, menopausal period, approximately 1.8 million women per year. Um, 
are going to go through menopause and 30 some more million, you know, from a certain age, we're going to have these symptoms. And there's so much out there between Dr. Google, between um, whatever YouTube they've popped on, um, books they've read and everything. It's, it's just a confusing space, but it's a dynamic space. And we're in a term where people are listening more to women's needs and the extension of women's health. And I recognize that I wanna be part of that impact. And I've extended more into the integrative space and got more training, more extensive um, just feedback and, and understanding because I live in Florida and we get a lot of migrants, a lot of people from different places, what we call the snowbirds. And that's what happened. I, women would come and want half of six months of their care with me and then uh, go back to the regular doctor. And they would have a list of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy that they've been on and uh, all these like supplements and I realized the gap was, okay, I need to learn more and I need to get out there and make sure I understand what women are getting now. And it's the exposure. So I, I feel like I've learned from my patients. I've learned from my experience and, you know, women, I mean, you know, <laughs> um, we, we are different creatures and it needs to be handled differently. Yeah. Uh, so at what point in your career did you realize mm -hmm. that you know, maybe there was, there was more out there, uh, because mm -hmm. uh, most of my listeners have, have heard me talk about kind of my story and, and I mm -hmm. was doing just the basic standard of care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just realized one day that people really weren't getting that much better. And so I took mm -hmm. it upon myself to learn about, you know, the power of lifestyle and nutrition and, and, you mm -hmm. know, hormone replacement therapy, you know, at what point in your career did you kind of seek all that out and, and learn about all that? Mm -hmm. I would say early on, and I would say probably within that first five years, and, I, and I'm one, I'm a truth teller, and I tend to be very transparent. When you're getting out of residency, you're kind of getting your footing. So I had a very good comfort level. They train you, or I feel like I was trained very well, um, experienced from wonderful physicians. Um, but you learn, I mean, it's still hands-on training with um, and learning from your patients and the women that you're around. So I will say immediately within, I worked within a community health center for four years and really was a dynamic person within that program of really meeting the needs of women there and then migrated more into a private practice after that. And when you have limitations of you know, um, 15 minute visits, annuals that you feel like you're just on the brink of like counseling and really making some particular impact within moments or being shot out the office because of a delivery or other things. You just realize like it's an imbalance there. You know, you, at, at some point when you have someone who has poured out their heart from, okay, I'm really, you know, like I'm coming to you and I've been dealing with this for such a long time and understanding that there's so many other root causes under it and you want to move from this pill for every ill type thing. And you understood that is so much more of really making a person well, and especially women who I feel like are just the backbone of everything. It, um, so it was pretty early, but it was um, a stepwise process, you know, um, getting the information, understanding, like you said, nutrition, lifestyle, because I don't know about you, um, I don't remember a very like classical nutritional type course within my medical school education. It was 
kind of instituted there. I think it was probably in pharmacology. We learned more about the minerals and, and nutrients and those types of things, but it wasn't dynamic in the way of, okay, this is what you do when someone comes in with a list full of supplements and what particular things can that uh, go towards. So it's, it's been a stepwise process, a growing process, but one that I was very well, well aware of early in the game. That's great. Why do you think it is that so many, and, and I find specialists seem to be the worst about this, that they're so close-minded, you know, they don't really want to think outside the box. You know, you mentioned learning from patients and you just learned, you know, all this other stuff about bioidentical hormones that, that mm-hmm. maybe aren't necessarily mainstream medicine. But uh, I find that a lot of specialists, not just OBGYNs, but specialists in general, and, and my intent here is not, I'm not talking poorly of specialists, mm-hmm. but why do you think, you know, they're so close-minded sometimes? Uh, you know, that's, it's a kind of complex answer. And I'm going to try to keep it very simplified um, because I think I'm like you, I don't like to bash or say anything back because I think it's a place for just traditional medicine. However, I think it does have uh, a place of how people may become closed-minded because it's just like how we see the world today, right? Like there's been a lot of divisiveness and stuff just because based on lack of experience, lack of exposure, lack of um, lack of time to really figure it out and find the answers to themselves because oftentimes doctors are burdened with time, poor reimbursements, um, limited opportunity or resources depending on where they are. And a lot of them could be just doing what they could do. And it, it may not be as much that they can, you know, fetch some more information and really make an impact. And, and it may take a while for them to um, basically come to that understanding that there's more out there. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's not a, um, as simplified as that because there are different people dealing with different things. And it's definitely those who are just like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, if it doesn't have a medical randomized control study, then it's not, it's not for me. And patients just have to vet their physicians. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so let's get into kind of the meat and potatoes here. And uh, so I love it how you kind of have some different phases in a, in a woman's life. And Mm -hmm. um, so let's just kind of start with that. And so Mm -hmm. phase one, you have the reproductive age. So late teens, forties. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, and, and, you know, obviously as we get into kind of the, the um, different phases, we'll talk more specifically about some hormone replacement, but um, Mm -hmm. in, in the reproductive age, you know, what are just some, some issues that you see in that age group? Uh, and, and it may be hormonal, may not, but, but just kind of mm-hmm. talk about, you know, some, some highlights, I guess, in that age group. Sure. Sure. I think uh, in order to make sure that this really translates well to what we're going to be building on talking about hormone replacement, some of the, the key problems that usually are coming in and um, is exposed to more the pelvic organs that can cause severe pain and irregular bleeding problems and just a whole emotional dysfunction for a woman. Fibroids may start hopping in, which is once again, an estrogen dominant type process like um, endometriosis. Infertility starts coming into realm um, because we're talking about key reproductive age, you know, right after puberty going into the teens and above where you started seeing inklings of this, of these symptoms that can happen. And um, if we're talking about hormonal type things, they, uh, and PCOS, uh, including in that polycystic ovarian syndrome. So these are 
really top line, high diagnostic type things where we found, you know, between you and I on an integrative level that, you know, you have to go beyond, you know, it's just not necessarily um, give them a medication. You really have to start working on inflammatory uh, components, nutritional style components, really diving a little deeper because most of these women may be living with this for quite some time and it can impact their fertility. So talk about what you would do because I'm uh, this patient I'm getting ready to describe. I'm, I'm sure you see it on a daily basis as, as I okay. do and you see it uh, uh, you know much mm-hmm. more than me, but so mm-hmm. 40 year old woman will come in and, and they tend to blame everything on hormones. Okay. So they're going to come in and they're, you know, they're having, you know, a lot of times just fatigue and lack of motivation, you know, lack of sex mm-hmm. drive and, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're stressed and they'll say, I, I think my hormones are off, you know, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, they're, they may still be menstruating regularly. And, and so mm-hmm. I, th- I think, you know, most of the, the people I see, you know, when women are thinking hormones, they're, they're thinking, you know, estrogen and stuff like that, when mm-hmm. probably in that age group, most of the time it's more cortisol or stress related mm-hmm. or insulin problems, meaning too high of insulin and, and maybe thyroid issues or things like that. But mm-hmm. talk about what you would do. So a middle-aged woman comes in mm-hmm. with those just kind of litany of, of complaints. And, and she says, mm-hmm. I, you know, my, my hormones are off. I mean, where, mm-hmm. where do you start with that patient? How do you, how do you work that patient up? This is beautiful. And I love that picture of you because that is pretty classic, pretty typical. Cause by this time they've Dr. Googled everything out and they've YouTubed as much as possible and they're reached every pain point. Um, so I like to start with like, um, I like to call my uh, decoding the lifestyle gators because you picked up very, uh, very clue in points. These are um, women who are on sympathetic overdrive. Um, so they're, cortisol is probably off the roof um, and their management as far as their stress. And I'm one embracing stress in the right way is how you're going to do it. Uh, Nutrition, um, looking at a lot of uh, sleep patterns, supplements and medications that they can be on because a lot of people like, Hey, I'm on this. And they started five other things. And all of a sudden, all of them were supposed to work synergistically together and no, on top of whatever else they may have gone on. So I like to call it my first stage is really, um, and then within my future female reset program, what I call the discovery phase as well, we really have to decode these lifestyle gators um, because I'm, I'm all about, there's no one trick pony that's gonna really help you unless we start plain sleuth with your life. You know, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. The, um, the second component has to do with bringing in the thyroid because women are impacted so much more than men when it comes to thyroid issues. And I find that, you know, your thyroid function as well as your, excuse me, your adrenal, uh, adre- excuse me, adrenal dysfunction is going on so much around that time period. But I find like a quick win oftentimes is optimizing thyroid function, you know, because a lot of the weight bulge issues, um, the thyroid being a gland here, that's a metabolic hormone, it's uh, connected to brain function, um, energy function, a lot of those things that you've already listed, Dr. Greg, and oftentimes you get a quick win you know, honestly with optimizing thyroid. And then the third component that goes into that has to do with optimizing mitochondrial 
uh, function. Um, really the powerhouses of the sales and understanding where are the benefits of what you're doing nutritionally and where supplements may be needed, where even when you do that, and to me, once you add into the mix of someone that is considering hormone replacement, because I'm not like passing that out like candy either, um, you, you might even literally fit, excuse me, literally feel like you have made waves with a patient just by really tackling those things. And then I have extra things that I do with patients now with expanding into epigenetics. And that's just really uncovering their genetic expression and how you can really precisely target someone and really make them feel good. Yeah. So in, the, in my mind, this mm-hmm. issue that we're, that we're talking about are probably mm-hmm. most affected by stress because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, a lot of them are, are women are working full time and mm-hmm. then they have young kids and they're taking kids to activities of an evening and then they're still uh, maintaining a household and all that. And so mm-hmm. it's easy to say in the clinic, well, you need to stress less. Um, you know, so what are some tips that women can take? I mean, how, you know, what are some practical tools, I guess, that, that, you know, women, especially of that age Mm -hmm. can use to, to just decrease stress and decrease the cortisol? Um, good point. So any coach consultant or, you know, really good integrative doctor is going to tell you, hopefully that it's a mindset shift initially, because a lot of times it is, you're dealing with whomever is going through these stress components that this superwoman syndrome, this, I can do it all. I can multitask what is expected to, of me writing so, certain stories in our heads. I'm guilty. You know, many women are guilty of it and really understanding that this is a mindset shift of what are you able to do for yourself today to even start minimizing those cortisol or that sympathetic drive because it, it makes a difference because adrenaline and you know cortisol um, initially it's output in an acute stress situation is a good thing you know uh, it's take making sure it takes out of the wheel so really that mindset shift mindset shift of acknowledging you know just really acknowledging where you are these inputs and, and outputs that are really contributing to that stress overdrive. Uh, I'm a big one about um, instilling relaxation techniques, meditation, um, and foundationally, those little areas in the nutritional um, components that are just causing that you know, overdrive. And oftentimes making those connected dots are pivotal. You know, they're just truly pivotal, but it's, it's a serious mindset shift. I mean, we, we do a lot and uh, we have to put on our oxygen mask first to really feel like we not only helping ourselves, but to, we do better that way with helping those around us. Great advice. So let's move into kind of the, the next group, which would be women in their forties as uh, they're starting to get into kind of the more premenopausal type symptoms. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess kind of talk about that age group mm-hmm. a little bit, just some symptoms that women may uh, have mm-hmm. when they're the, when they're premenopausal, uh, maybe mm-hmm. workup you might do, and and at what point would you sh- start looking at putting them on on some some hormones? Mm-hmm. Um, and and with this particular group, and I'll just go ahead. I'm gonna dump these together for time's sake as well with that perimenopausal group because now we're talking about that kind of 
40 to 45 and then right before their menses um, may stop. And so kind of like that 45 to 50 before the cessation of their cycles for 12 months, which will dump them in that menopausal category. Um, but they're gonna be similar to what you had just mentioned, but now they may have more of the classic, am I going through menopause type question. Um, and it's really perimenopause, this transitional period of where their ovaries are starting to show loss of estrogen and many of the other sex hormones. Um, and so that's hot flushes, night sweats. Most of the time, if I have to put like the number one that they're going to end up showing up is, a, well, I put top two, menstrual irregularities and hot flushes. That's what's going to bring them in, you know, because that's going to wreck their day. That's going to make them feel like what just happened? Did my period just break up with me? Uh, I, I, I've taken, I don't know how many pregnancy tests, I'm kind of over it um, type situation. And, um, and then sleeping difficulties, night sweats, and then the kind of libido vaginal dryness type changes are going on. And so that kind of puts that in that cupboard. And then still the same things I mentioned with the first one, because I think having a, a classic protocol of really dissecting some of the things, uh, because stress is still a component. Um, many of these women are at the height of their careers, still dealing with children. Now you add on the sandwich effect of taking care of other family members or their parents or ailing parents and financial situations. But the added component with that is most of them could be on birth control. And I like to add that in that conversation because many people don't understand that as their hormones, like their body still might override certain things. And then they're getting excess problems from like, their IUD Mirena, which is anti-estrogen. And now they're really feeling the effects of the vaginal dryness component, you know, or the cognitive component or brain fog, which definitely plays a part in this community as well. So that's another one I'll add in there. Like, what are your childbearing needs? What do you want? Uh, you know, do you have a uterus? Do you not have a uterus? Um, I add those questions in there because it really does uh, finite the treatment plan. Yeah, and that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up uh, mm -hmm. because I, I talk to a lot of patients about that, that women in their mm -hmm. 40s, you know, they, they may have some menstrual irregularities, but it, I guess, would still be possible for them to get pregnant, so they are on some type mm -hmm. of birth control. What do you recommend in those situations? And usually mm -hmm. my recommendation is for the husband to get clipped because it's such it's an easy office procedure. A lot of men, for whatever reason, are just reluctant to do that. And so mm -hmm. what, yes. what do you do? What do you do in those situations? So I definitely do put that out there. And I'm one that will say, hey, you, you did the kid thing. You know, hey, that's a safe trade off to ask the hubby. And it, you'd be amazed. A lot of women won't even ask, won't even ask. Um, but that's a whole nother soapbox margarita conversation. But um, essentially, when um, we're talking about contraception, I'm always pushing, you know, if you're done, then you can get a simplified permanent sterilization and not even worry about birth control period. Because if you know you're done, you're done. Um, and many women know that. However, um, it's that, hey, I want all of my organs to die with me. And then I'm pushing more intrauterine device where I would prefer the non-hormonal one, the Paragard, um, but the Mirena is just as good. I'm one that um, I like to educate women, you know, make sure they understand not only side effects, 
potential problems that can happen with that type of uh, birth control. But most importantly, make sure, okay, you need to be on a good multivitamin, B complex, all these things where synthetic hormones can drive a, a lot more of your nutritional deficiencies where you're going to have a lot of the uh, unmasking of other things as you're going through your change. Um, and I think it's important that I mention this because I know some people are, you know, dead against certain things. I've just seen so many women and share so many stories that I'd like to make sure they're making an informed decision about birth control rather than send them out with nothing at all. Because that one child that is a oops, I've seen women think about birth control, uh, uh, excuse me, think about abortions that have never thought about it, um, who have thought about um, adoption, who have not, because it, 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 it becomes such a distraction of where they are in their life right now, that that emotional burden um, is, it's just not worth it. You know what I'm saying? And when we look at the side effects. And so I say that because I know a lot of people in this, in the integrative space are just like nothing. And this is where I'm a little different, where I think a woman should know everything and know the things that are the less risky for them. But if they're going to walk out that door, you know, they can get pregnant. Believe me, a baby is going to increase their maternal risk and death more than a pill will ever do at that age. Um, yeah. The other thing uh, I want you to touch on uh, while mm -hmm. we're kind of in this age, because I'll sometimes see women who are, who are in their, say they're in their mid forties and, mm -hmm. and, and they went maybe whether they're ob or somebody else did some labs on them. They said, well, you're not in menopause mm -hmm. yet. So there's nothing we can do. Like you don't, you know, you mm -hmm. don't need any hormones yet. Uh, you don't mm -hmm. need anything. Um, and so these women are like, well, nothing I can do until I hit menopause, at which time maybe I can get on hormone replacement, but touch on maybe what are the options there? Because, uh, uh, I've had some success with maybe uh, a little bit of testosterone therapy, maybe some mm -hmm. supplemental cycle progesterone or something like that. So just mm -hmm. kind of talk about that a little bit, maybe what mm -hmm. some of the options are at this kind of perimenopausal stage. Oh yeah. Um, I like how you mentioned the supplemental progesterone, doing it at intervals in the cyclic period of the menstrual cycle works well for women who are having these irregular menstrual cycles. Um, when you have to look at it, depending on what particular symptoms they may be experiencing. So we'll take um, an example of your 40 some year old and there she's coming in, um, she has a uterus and um, not only irregular bleeding patterns, but you wanna make sure you work them up. I mean, still there's stuff that comes up in this perimenopausal period that um, could change their course. So make sure, I just wanna put out there, you know, a woman should get evaluated, ultrasound, um, endometrial biopsy if needed. You want to rule out those things that you just don't want to unmask because that's the thing going back to the horn. Like I feel like my hormones are out of place. It can really be, I've seen two different processes going on at the same time and have diagnosed cancer. So you want to make sure you're properly, you know, working up, uh, make sure your practitioner is doing so. So, um, but going back to therapy, cyclic progesterone, as I mentioned, um, and then depending on contraception, I'm still talking about that because that does make a difference in what we may do because um, we end up kind of like in a, um, um, a point where women have to decide, okay, do I really want to be on a birth control or not? And these are really heavy conversations where I'm, I'm leading to non-hormonal contraception illness, like that's not going to do, where we make a plan. Okay, well, until you make a decision, we've done all the other workup, 
okay, if I have to put you on a um, birth control pill in this, in this time period, I do, but we have plans to gut health. We have plans for nutrition. You know, I'm one that's going to look at it differently, but I tell them all, you know, the risks related to long-term, like this is may not be a long-term plan for you, but if we're, that's the thing, I don't want to be where we're writing a prescription and we're not thinking about it again. You know, we're having a conversation where you're going to think about what Dr. Lurie says, discuss with you. And we have to look at it from all points. And depending if a woman has fibroids, or endometriosis history, though there are other modalities that need to be looked into because those things can uh, lead to potential surgery if needed, if you're not able to really dial down from lifestyle factors and supplements. Uh, mm-hmm. So now let's kind of, uh, I guess, fast mm-hmm. forward into the menopausal state. So a woman mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. is now menopausal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I, I think there's still a lot of fear in some women's minds about, you know, being on hormones. And so mm-hmm. uh, talk, I guess, a little bit about maybe the WHI study and this fear that mm-hmm. still exists in a lot of women uh, a, mm-hmm. about hormones um, and, and maybe, maybe why hormones are uh, important to start sooner rather than later. And then we can get into the different uh, options mm-hmm. of the, the hormone replacement. Absolutely. So, and what I'm going to do, because these times tend to be very transitional for women. So I'm going to grab, you know, this 45 plus that might not have a um, uterus or might have a uterus or whose cycle has completely gone away or into menopause 50 plus. So we'll go down to the basics. Menopause is cessation of your cycle for 12 months. And however, that transitional period, once again, can last anywhere from two to eight years or persistent symptoms longer than that. And um, so offerings, um, when we talk about symptoms and uh, from hot flushes, night sweats, vaginal dryness, brain fog, you know, the battle of the bulge. Um, I look at the body as a, um, as a complex organism that you have to really help simplify for patients and clients that I work with because it can be a lot. <laughs> and so um, gauging upon that um, has to do with once, like I said, decoding the, some of the lifestyle things, because at this point, battle of the bulge becomes much. Um, You have your um, thyroid that could be dysfunctioning that can cause a lot of these issues. Um, You might have someone who has um, history of cardiovascular problems and um, or fearing their risk of cancer. And so now we're going to tie it into the WHI study in the early 2000s. Um, And I think the bottom line that people need to understand understand that gravitated from the study of the scare of being on hormone replacement, that didn't necessarily mean that, you know, just take a woman off. And what we found 18 years plus from that is that the risk of stroke, MI or cancer or the um, uh, all-in mortality risk would have been about the same when people are scared of potential cancer. And an issue with that, a big issue with this that it had to do with using synthetic hormones as opposed to bioidentical or, <coughs> excuse me, bioidentical hormone therapy where synthetic and, and specifically progestins, um, which is the synthetic of progesterone, which was the combined version made in, um, excuse me, used within that study along with estrogen alone. 
Um, and what you find is that the culprit is mostly using the synthetic hormone as it relates to increasing risk of stroke, MI, or cancer. Um, and um, it really made a difference. And then actually years after, there's been a lot of disagreement with the study, how it was handled, and there's been a little, a lot of mixed comments and reevaluations of the study within the scientific community, where right now there are other things being generated to really take out that mar of fear that's still out there. Yeah. So, um, you know, what do you advise women to get started? Mm-hmm you know, sooner rather than later, uh, you know, yes. And that's, and that's part of it too. Knowing that the earlier you start on hormone therapy, the greater benefits you're going to have not only, I mean, brain health, um, uh, cardiovascular, uh, disease, uh, many of the things that women fear, it actually can benefit them, particularly just being more wise of what they do. But this is where, um, it's important when we get to the fork of the road, I, I believe in bio-individuals and I believe even between races, things are different. I believe based on geographically, things could be different from a woman. And it really takes a very keen practitioner to be astute in those type of things because I think that's where we kind of missed the boat before. We treated it like a baby aspirin as we do preventing knowing it's a protocol for MI. We just used to, hey, you're having hormone symptoms? There you go. And now we have to really shift this paradigm of thinking that I really do need to evaluate, you know, a woman's stress component because that could drive like her different bio-individuality in her body that could still cause a cascade of other issues because now she's on sympathetic overdrive you know, um, uh, really looking at their lifestyle a little bit different, understanding functional tests that can, you know, allow you to see what a woman does real time and measuring levels, which we weren't necessarily trained to do all the time when we were prescribing hormone therapy and evaluating someone's uh, therapy from the point of view where if you're doing a, t- a, you know, a pellet or a pill, cream, gel, or any of those type of things, you're still counseling, you're still decoding lifestyle gators, you're still optimizing hormones uh, from every point of view and making sure that you're really adding on to their longevity quotient. We don't have those conversations enough. Yeah, for sure. And just so listeners know, you mentioned, you know, we're talking about the synthetic hormones, Mm -hmm. bioidentical, you know, synthetic Mm -hmm. hormones are going to be a lot of your pills like Premarin, Primpro, you know, those kinds Mm -hmm. of things versus bioidentical. And so I want you, if you will, Mm kind of define Mm -hmm. what bioidentical means and then uh, go on into maybe uh, what you like to use, some of the different options Mm -hmm. uh, that you use for a hormone replacement therapy. Okay, perfect. So when we talk about bioidentical hormones, these are hormones that the molecular structure, the structure uh, chemically of that hormone is similar to the one that you're already producing as opposed to a synthetic hormone. They've changed a portion of the molecule where it doesn't necessarily Um, dictate the structure of what is similar to what you produce in your own body. (laughs) Going toward the um, second part of the question, as far as what do I usually do, um, I do prescribe um, bioidentical hormones, or I have in my uh, my prior practice uh, a lot. 
um, unfortunately, and this is the truth, uh, I think it's important, especially for listeners out there, you're in the um, the juncture right now where you're with a practitioner where it, this isn't covered with your insurance. And so they're giving you other options. And I, I think it's very important to understand that you could still be prescribed uh, what is still considered in the realm like transdermal type um, excuse me, patches or, or uh, pills or gels or um, different formulations and within the va vagina, and they can still be considered um, part of in that category of non-synthetic, okay? Um, however, within the category of really understanding what you need, you need to understand that you, um, whether you have a uterus in place makes a difference of what you what you need to be on, um, making sure you're on the right supplements because you want to make sure your detox pathways are working accordingly. Um, and I do that a lot with, um, with clients and patients understanding that I've added epigenetics to it to really fine tune how a person's body's genetics work. Um, but I range in pellets, pills, creams, you name it. I think the only thing I don't really use as much as trochies and um, really dissecting what ends up fits best. But the perfect thing about it, you can customize. You don't have to necessarily go toward that scenario of let's just write you something and just go. You can really fine tune something that's best for someone from testosterone, estrogen, DHEA, progesterone, uh, and really, you know, help a woman through this stage of her life. And if they want natural solutions, you can do that as well or add to it. So uh, I want to uh, talk a little bit about each of those just briefly, because um, mm -hmm. a lot of yes. this is the first time I've actually talked about hormones and stuff mm -hmm. uh, on my podcast. But um, so talk about and because we do pellets here mm -hmm. as well. So talk about mm -hmm. just I mean, the listener might not know what what hormone pellets are. So just yeah. kind of talk briefly about what, what are hormone pellets? Okay, great. So hormone pellets are um, literally, if you think about, if you've ever had or seen like little gerbil pellets or pellet foods for animals, they actually kind of look like that. And I hate to describe it like that, but it seems like a visual is always kind of good, but it's usually a, um, a, a compounded medication of a, of a hormone that is placed um, under the skin. So usually in the buttocks area, and then you can actually put it in the lower abdomen as well. Um, gained a lot of popularity, especially in forms of testosterone um, and is very great because it keeps a steady state within the blood serum or the blood concentration. And you don't have a lot of the, um, the highs and lows oftentimes of when you're taking something that you have to take every day to keep that steady level. And, um, um, but you can also get it in um, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and the DHEA, they, um, and you want to make sure you go to a very, you know, astute practitioner that is uh, familiar with it. So that's a pellet. So it's just a form of getting bioidentical hormone replacement that has a more steady state and it lasts for about three to four months for women. Yeah. And you mentioned the insurance. I'm glad you, you mentioned mm -hmm. that because, uh, you know, like you said, a lot of these things, whether we're talking about a cream, a pellet, they are not mm -hmm. covered by insurance. And so mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of patients, they just immediately dismiss that, that they're, mm -hmm. they're not covered by, by insurance. And that's, that's unfortunate. And I, I see a lot of uh, men as well. I do a lot of hormone mm -hmm. replacement therapy in men and, mm -hmm. and, and insurance is just not good at covering that either. And, mm -hmm. and so I just, I really try to educate people to, to, get out of that, what I call the insurance mm -hmm. mindset. Um, just, yeah. 
you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes it can be a hurdle, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in kind of optimizing their care. Um, so, okay. So the cream, so the creams, mm-hmm. um, I, I do some of those as well. Those are nice because mm-hmm. you can really customize them, mm-hmm. different dosing, put different things in them. You mentioned DHEA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so talk about that a little bit, just what you like about the creams and uh, how, mm-hmm. how they would use those. Great. Um, I, what I love about the creams and you touched on it, customizing, and then you're able to do so, uh, over a short period of time, as opposed when the pellets in it's in. So if someone has great effects, which is majority of the time, uh, but oftentimes if they have side effects, you gotta, ha- you gotta wait for it to level out with a person's, um, system. Um, the creams, uh, you can apply, um, it's interesting because there's this way that you can formulate for the vagina. Um, if you're really trying to target vaginal atrophy or what we call genital urinary syndrome of menopause, which, which is the icky, oh, I got to go somewhere and find out where the bathroom is. Cause you feel like you're, you know, your sphincter or that muscle around there is not working too well, um, or dryness, or of course, painful sex. And you can customize based on that. And what I like about even some of those, if you work with a good, um, not only a practitioner, but working with a compounding pharmacist, um, those women who have these pain syndromes, you can add, um, certain medications that can numb part of the pain on top of hormones and vitamin E and some other things that really kind of make it, Ooh, you know, you go to Starbucks and you customize your coffee. Why can't you customize what you want for, you know, downstairs, right? So, um, the creams give you a little bit more feasibility of, um, adding some things and understanding the concentrations and all that. And which is part of what I had to learn. (laughs) And, um, I didn't get, you know, I wasn't taught that in medical school, but it is a daily administration usually for it. Um, and once again, um, the applications allow you to kind of tinker with the percentages, depending on 30, 60, 90 days at a time. But I usually tell women, give it 90 days for your hormones to kind of equal out to know what works for them. And you said sometimes you use some, some pills and then, and then patches Mm -hmm. or do you mostly use pellets and creams? Yes, I do. I do. Um, because one, the patches are good. I mean, the patches are really good when it comes, especially for those who might be on insurance and they want something, just make sure you understand if you're on, if you have a uterus in place, you do need to have, and I do suggest supplemental progesterone as opposed to progestin, but, um, they work very well, especially for those women who are coming in and they just have hot flushes. There are a lot of stuff over the counter, which works great, but I have not found a hormone therapy that could knock out a hot flush, you know, honestly, and uh, patches, they don't have liver metabol, uh, they don't uh, necessarily have to be metabolizing your liver. So you're decreasing clotting factors or issues out there. So transdermally still just think of it as a transdermal uh, thing. And it's easily, um, or more, maybe more affordable, but this is, this is important because you mentioned the insurance thing. I always ask patients to price, just like they price um, things on Amazon and things that they're shopping for. I found lots of times based on insurance coverage and based on their um, particular plan that they're probably paying maybe $50 more with just getting a bioidentical because they're having to pay so much more out of pocket for their insurance covered medication. 
So I think that's an important thing for people to like, at least don't shut it out completely. Look at all your options because nine times out of 10, you know, a pellet that could last you three to four months may, depending on the cost um, that's been offered to you, may give you the better effect and you're not paying so much more over time and you're getting better results. Well, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this uh, this time flew by. I, I can't believe it's <laughs> almost time. But uh, before we uh, wrap up, is there anything that you feel important mm-hmm. that I didn't ask that you just want to throw out there about uh, female health or, or hormone replacement therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, no, just really want to see the point of it's not nothing to fear. It's something to go in and make an informed decision about. And it's very important for you to vet the right practitioner, the right person who is willing to really uh, help you understand what are all the options for you. And if they give you only one option, then that's going to make you a lot more confused because if you turn on the internet, it's going to give you like 50 more (laughs) and you're going to recognize that there's so much more out there. And, um, but we hit on some key things and I really uh, enjoyed that you put in about the stress um, these lifestyle components, nutrition, all that, because the longevity piece is so important. We age a lot differently once our hormones start to decline. And there, that's why you're seeing more autoimmune disease in women, cardiovascular disease in women, um, issues with more thyroid dysfunction. And it tends to happen right at the time when you're transitioning into menopause. So those are what I call gaps of opportunity to really optimize health because it's really going to set you up for a better way of quality of life as you live, because that's, what's going to count as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, uh, mm-hmm. so before uh, we tell the listeners how they can connect with you, I always mm-hmm. in my interviews by asking my guests to give us one health tip that could make us mm-hmm. healthier today. Uh, what would you say to that? I'm always going to say sleep. I always say, if you could do it, anything to biohack your sleep, and especially for women who are seeking me out perimenopause and beyond, and we work on the foundations first. And let me tell you, that's the only time that your brain gets a chance to detox. And once you get your sleep down, or if I can get a woman to sleep, I feel like everything else can be, you know, pretty much gravy. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. advice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So your website is drlarisa.com, which is L A R E E S A. How else can people connect with you? Is that the best place? Is that website? Yes. If you go to the website, like you mentioned, Dr. Larisa, D R L A R E E S A. Um, dot com and it has my social handles on there or you can find me at dr larisa on instagram or larisa ferdinand on linkedin and at the estrogen doctor on facebook um but you can always start on the website as well and i welcome all to come um come see what i'm about and just the future female movement that is really what is uh, what i'm using to impact women now and for the long run. Okay. And if, if, uh, if people want to work with you, they can, they can find it through, through all that. Or through the yes, they can program. find that and, um, they can book a call and those who are going to be listening in, um, I will be able to give you, and you can give to your listeners uh, an opportunity that they'll have with me for a 60 minute deep dive 
consultation to really unroof some things. Sometimes it's all about, okay, where do I start? I don't, I'm confused. I don't, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what questions to ask. I don't, I don't know how this all comes into why I'm having these problems. Sometimes you just need some leverage to really lean in of how to feel better and really know that, hey, I'm getting somewhere and I'm, my health and wellness journey is taking a curve and I'm doing something for me. So um, you'll have that for your listeners uh, to be able to schedule it, um, a 60 minute you know, hormone um, assessment deep dive and we can go from there. Okay, well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Dr. Larissa Ferdinand, mm-hmm. uh, we, we appreciate your time and I, I will put mm-hmm. um, your website and everything in our show mm-hmm. notes when, when we release mm-hmm. this, just so listeners will know. So um, awesome. yeah, well, uh, thank you for what you do and thank you for your time. Okay. We really appreciate thank it. You. And uh, thank you guys for listening and we will uh, see you next time. Thank you for listening to FitRx. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at Vibrant Life dc.com or you can email me at dr greg at vibrantlifedc.com <laughs>